Welcome back, creeps. Hello. Hello, everyone, to this May edition of Titillating Tales of True Terror. Hi. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, yeah, we're going to read you some stories that you guys have sent us with our mouths. And that's pretty much it. That's what that's what this is about. Yeah, so uh, right before we start, I will just say we got a, a few more than we like regularly would, which is uh, like we are more than happy with that. But the thing I will say is that if we keep getting them at this rate, we're going to have to start doing like two of these every month or at least when we get a, enough in. So if you don't hear them on the very first episode of the month, we will get to them eventually. And also, if you could just send us an email and then that way we can mark them and we won't lose them. Yep. And uh, yeah, enjoy. So I guess we'll start with the one you marked number one. Yep. <laughs> All right. So so this is from Angel. And Angel says, I have a few paranormal experiences. Most happened while I was at a certain childhood home. Slight trigger warning as child abuse is mentioned. This may be a long story. I don't know. We moved to this home when I was 10. At this age, I didn't really get into anything paranormal. Mostly just scary movies. That would terrify me as a kid. We moved around a lot as a kid, but it never bothered me much. As soon as we got into this new house, I already felt off. I felt very uncomfortable. Looking at the home, nothing popped out as strange. Just a normal three-bedroom house. Let me introduce the four spirits that I came into contact with in my three to four years of living there. Gemma, Edward, little Thomas, and the man. I don't know how I knew Edward or Thomas's names. It was just a feeling, but Gemma introduced herself and the others called... The last one, the man. I had many experiences with all of them, but I'll just say how I met them and or the most scary moments. My first real experience happened three weeks after moving in. I woke up to a feeling of someone watching me. I would later know him as the man. I sat in my bed and looked towards my door. I had always kept my door closed as a kid, but this night it was wide open. A dark figure was standing there. I couldn't see any features, but I could tell it was smiling at me. And not a nice smile. I remember I couldn't keep my eyes off of it. Every so often I would see it twitch like it was holding itself back from jumping at me. Yeah. Just waiting for the right time to come close. I blinked, and the next thing I knew was this figure had jumped towards me and was on my bed, crouching over me, inches from my face. I still couldn't see anything other than darkness and what looked like a long trench coat, but I could tell it was pleased to see me shake in fear. I don't remember what happened next, but I woke up hours later, exhausted and just emotionally drained. Probably the worst I've ever felt in my life. Nothing happened until a few weeks later. I woke late at night to use the restroom 
as I was passing my little brother's room, I could see a faint blue light coming out of his room. When I looked inside his room, I saw a little boy, little Thomas. He had old-timey looking overalls on and just seemed sad. I felt sad looking at him. He turned towards me quickly and looked scared and then disappeared. I heard a growl that came right after Thomas left in the living room. I ran back to my room and didn't get out till morning. Mrs. Gemma, she was a type of energy that seemed like the grandmother figure of the house. I remember we were having a family get-together and some neighbors had come over as well. I was stirring some ingredients together but was distracted by all the other kids wanting to play as well. I remember almost dropping the bowl and an elderly lady came up to me and told me to be careful. She helped me place the bowl on the table. I looked at her and said, thank you, ma'am. She smiled and said, call me Miss Gemma, darling. I brought the food outside and asked my mom about the sweet old lady. I later found out that there was no Miss Gemma in our neighborhood, though I'd come to see her from time to time. She was always the one I'd see, like a warning, before the man showed up. She didn't like him. None of them did. They seemed to disappear when he showed up. The house became thick with toxic air about it. My home life was never good. I got hit from time to time, but while we lived there, any time the man came around, it was like he made the adults more angry. He seemed to enjoy it, almost, maybe because I became the punching bag. The first time I saw Edward, I was outside, playing in my backyard. I looked at my parents' bedroom window and noticed a man with a top hat and the curliest mustache I had ever seen. Curlier than mine. That's I what I was going to say. <laughs> I ran back inside and opened my parents' door. He was still looking out the window. I remember him glancing at me, putting his finger to his lips like he was shushing me, then winked and disappeared. He loved just watching everyone, seemed to enjoy being around people. I felt as though he was a lively person when he was alive and was very sad that his life ended so young. I'd see each of them often, but after a while it seemed the man made more and more appearances, which meant my home got more and more toxic. One bad night, he was at my door again and he just kept repeating, this is it, this is it, this is it. Getting closer to me. I woke the next day with the same feeling as before, mentally and physically drained, but it didn't stop there. The next few hours, I kept getting worse and worse till I couldn't breathe on my own. I was rushed to the hospital. I ended up getting bit by a brown recluse spider and also had an allergic reaction to it. I was in the ICU for two months. They didn't know if I was going to make it. Did the man cause a spider to bite me? Did he know what was going to happen? And that's why he said, this is it. I'll never know. I do know I was given a second chance at life, though. I woke up in the ICU to an old man looking at me. There is more detail in this, but I've already written a lot, so I'll get to the point. He told me that it wasn't my time yet and that I needed to fight this. I was never afraid of him 
He said all of this to me without ever opening his mouth. I fought and got sent home weeks later. My house seemed lighter, like the man was pushed back, and you would only feel a small moment of toxic energy before the other three would pop back in. Maybe while I was sick, the dynamic changed, and the three got in control of the house. I don't know. I saw all of them until we moved out. I'm almost 27, and I've moved many times in my town. Two years ago, my fiancé and I, with my two kids, moved into an apartment. I soon found out that the old house was a street over. Sometimes I find myself driving down that road, even though I don't need to. I feel like the house is watching any time I pass it. It's currently open for rent, and it makes me uncomfortable, like it wants me to move in. Update via Twitter DM. It took three hours to send to you guys because it refused to send or it would erase what I put. I also had a dream that the house was calling to me as it was burning to the ground. I found out a few hours ago, I'm currently at work, that a small fire happened in a room in that house. The fire department stopped it before any real damage. Tomorrow morning, I'll be checking it out to see which room caught on fire. I have a feeling it was mine. Yeah, and I have a further update. Oh, um, shit. That she sent me after this again. Angel said, I looked into it, and my best friend is the firefighter chief. So nice. that's handy, yeah. He told me that the fire started in the doorway of the second room from the restroom. That was my room. Oh. The same doorway I saw the man for the first time. Mm. No one was hurt. The house has been up for rent for a little bit. And I just said, like, there's obviously some sort of fucking spiritual connection between her and this house. Like, Yeah. You know, I've heard that before. I think uh, I was because I was watching um, a story that this YouTuber was telling about herself in this house. Like, like she would always pass up this house that was really creepy to her. And one day, like, she got close to it and looked inside. And ever since then, like, I don't know, I can't remember if she's seen anything when she looked inside. But ever since then, like, she's she had been attracted to it. Like, yeah, like she said, one time she got really drunk and like demanded to be driven there. Like, but That's she crazy. doesn't remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It- and one of our friends has that with yeah, a specific just, location. They just keep going back to it. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know. It's really strange. So our second story is from Caroline. Caroline is also a patron member. And big thank you to that for that. What's up, Caroline? Yo, yo. So, dear Dulce and Adam. Hi. I'm sharing with you. Oh, and she's also a repeat, uh, <laughs> a repeat offender, a repeat email sender, a repeat storyteller. Mm. I'm sharing with you another story from my creepy childhood. I hope you like this one. So I was an ambitious 14-year-old and would babysit for extra money, like most kids do. But I lied about my age so I could get the good weekend jobs that some of my older friends got. Better money and longer hours. See, after midnight, they paid twice as much and always tipped big because they came in so late. Ooh. Guilt and shame pays well. (laughs) It was great to get these gigs. 
I was never allowed to stay up that late at home, so it was fun and exciting for me. I like kids, so that was fun for me also. It was summer, and I had a regular lady I would sit for every week. She was a real estate agent and a single mom, so on weekends she was really late sometimes. I didn't mind, I loved the money, and I didn't have school the next day, so I was cool with late. This night, however, was really late. The kids went to bed about 8, so they had so they had been sleeping for hours. I had fallen asleep for a bit around midnight. When I woke up around 2am, so I wouldn't be creeped out, I got up and turned a bunch of lights on all around the house. I was sitting in what she called the TV room. It was a long room with a big sliding glass door at one end and the TV at the other. I was sitting on the couch with my back to the window watching TV. It was a little after 3am. I was actually happy about the time because I was going to make bank that night. (laughs) I never had any weird stuff happen to me there before. But again, I never was there that late before. I started to worry a bit about the mom and hoped everything was okay because she was so late. I had a weird feeling and I was getting antsy. I happened to look over my shoulder to the window at the other end of the room. At the window, standing right outside the glass doors, was an old man with his hand up over his eyes as if looking around for something. He had a regular old man face, greyish scruffy beard, glasses and one of those hats with the fur and ear flaps with leather straps hanging down, a flannel shirt and down vest. I looked right at him for a good 15 to 20 seconds before I slouched down behind the couch so he wouldn't see me. I was so creeped out and all I could think about was if I locked that door when the kids and I came in from the yard that afternoon. I shot back up real quick to look at the lock and the old man looked right at me and kind of waved. I went back down into the couch. I left the fucking door unlocked. I was terrified that the old man was going to come in, thinking all the worst stuff that could happen to me. I was totally freaking out. I sat there, frozen. I don't know how long I was hiding in the couch. It couldn't have been too long, a few minutes or so, when I heard some clatter at the front door and voices coming into the house. That was the best sound. Oh, thank God they were home. I poked back up, just looking over the edge of the couch to see if he was still there. He was gone. I stood up and got myself together. Shit, it's her problem now and I'm getting out of there. (laughs) Creepy old dude. After she checked on the kids and turned off a few of the lights, I grabbed my stuff and headed to the car with her for my ride. She left the friend she was with at the house to stay with the kids. It was 4am now. We were driving slowly down the windy old road and talking about the night with me and the kids and her night out of fun. In that 20 minute ride to my house I was telling her about what they ate for dinner, the games we played and what time they went to bed. The usual babysitting stuff. When I said, oh yeah, and this weird old man was looking in the living room sliding glass door and I got creeped out. She skidded the car to a stop, then turned to me vociferously with a, What? That's impossible. I said, Well, he left when you guys got home. I was freaked out a bit by how she was just sitting there, staring at me. I said, Do you know him? Is he a good guy or a bad guy? At this, she just started to bawl crying, and I sat there and stared straight ahead out of the car window like, 
what the fuck is happening right now? She kept crying and asking me over and over what I saw. I told her probably three times. Then I said, I told you everything and added, why? I'm so tired at this point. I just want to get home and I don't know why she is freaking out so much. He scared me, not her. Now this is when she drops it on me. He was my neighbor. He died this winter. He was a sweet old man. He would come over and check on me sometimes late at night after I got divorced when he saw the lights on to make sure I was okay. He was like a grandpa to the kids. His wife and him would come over for holidays. Then she had me tell her again what he looked like and what he was doing. That's when I realized I never saw his legs in the window. I started to cry at this point and didn't know what else to say. She just kept saying, oh my God, over and over again. After what felt like forever sitting in the car, she finally started driving again to get me home. She didn't talk to me the whole rest of the way home. We pulled into my driveway. When I reached for the door handle, she grabbed my arm before I could open it. I turned to look at her. We were face to face and with her wild eyes staring straight into mine, she said, I think you saw a ghost. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I reached for the door of the car and looked away. All I could say was, yup. It was so late and I was so tired. I just wanted this night to be over. The sun was coming up now. I hurried into my house to go to bed. I didn't think about what had just happened until the next day and I was still so freaked out I couldn't process it with my 14-year-old brain. I told my mother about the old man and everything that happened. My mother was pissed that she kept me out so late and I said, and said I couldn't sit for her anymore. I was so fine with that. I didn't want to see that old man again. That lady did call me a few times after that, but I always told her I was busy and couldn't sit for her. I did not want to go back to that house. This was one of the first apparitions I saw that I couldn't tell was, wasn't a real person. He looked so real. To this day, I still ask myself if I really didn't see any legs, or maybe if it was someone else. It was summer though, and um, why would someone have a fur winter hat and flannel on slash earth? flannel and vest on in 80 plus weather thanks guys i love your show and all the great stories you share with all of us keep up the great work caroline well caroline i have to say this is one of my favorite stories that we've gotten really yeah it is i think they're all loving <laughs> <laughs> no but it's a real fucking uh it's really good so yeah. vivid like can you imagine yeah no yeah that that's a that's the perfect word for it is vivid. I also like that one story we got from that one guy that was talking about like aliens and shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he was like asking us for help. And we were like, I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, we were like, run away. <laughs> All right, your turn. So this next one coming at you is from our listener, Christine. Like the car. Oh, yeah. The car that I have tattooed on my belly. Yep. Even though I've never seen the movie and I've never read the book. So technically, Christine, you're tattooed on Adam's belly. Yeah, kind of. So Christine says, Hi, Dulce and Adam. I love your show. <gasps> well, thank you. 
(laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Christine. And when I say I love it, I mean I've listened to it three times from episode one. What? That's where all those listens keep coming from. That's where the numbers (laughs) keep going. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I just read the next line. It says, I love how you, Dulce, laugh at Adam's expense and vice versa. Yeah, that's basically the show. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I have a lot of stories, real life ghost stories, haunted house, witches, you name it. I might have one good story. Here's one. I'm Christine, by the way. Hi, Christine. Hello again, Christine. Hello again. And I'm working as a house help here in Singapore. I'm originally from Philippines. Seven years ago, my dad had a brain hemorrhage and went into a coma and didn't make it through. Sorry, Christine. I'm super close to him, and my mom didn't let me know what happened until they found out that there's no way that he can be saved. Ooh, that's got to be hard. Earlier that day, though, the day he suddenly fainted, almost at the same time, I was cooking dinner and a butterfly as big as my hands put together, was resting at a window of my kitchen. And I was thinking, who would visit me at this time? We believe that butterflies are souls of our loved ones that passed away. A few hours after that, I received a call from my mom crying and telling me about dad's situation. He didn't make it. I told my mom about the huge butterfly and she said that That's my dad coming to see me for the last time. I still cry to this day. Weeks after he passed, I always dream about him. One dream that I can't forget was that he was so angry and kept scolding me that he's been waiting for me for so long. He keeps asking me what took me so long and started to pull me and walk in a hurry. I was like, no, dad. Sorry, I can't come with you. I still have work to do. And then I woke up. I always thought that during that time, because I still can't accept that he's gone and he can't move on because of that, he just asked me to go with him. After that dream, I started to accept that he's gone. That's interesting. That is. And so you are probably sick to death of my family saying like, oh, my God, there's a bird that's granddad or that's so like you know what i mean i'm i'm never no, I, tired of that because i just i like it when you talk about your family to be honest yeah but, so i don't know if it's an irish thing or it's just a our family thing mm-hmm. so irish listeners let us know but uh yeah like anytime someone's passed and we see a bird mm. we think it's them and like typically it'd be like that this butterfly was resting at the kitchen window so like really close and like we've had not me personally but like little robins in particular robin mm-hmm. redbreast bird mm-hmm. would come like right up to my granny's door while we're all standing there mm-hmm. and shit you know what i mean like doing stuff that birds wouldn't normally do yeah or my other granny has had a magpie in particular which she's convinced she was already convinced was one of my cousins this thing knocking on her window 
with her and my granddad in the bedroom. Like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. really strange occurrences like that. And that same granny who's had the magpie in the window also had a dream very similar to that with her own dad, mm. where she would see him. His wasn't a sudden death. He was sick for a long time. So she would have this dream for weeks where he was still sick. And then one evening she had more or less the same dream. Only this time when she saw him, he was like back to his old self. He was like he was really tan and he was wearing a pure white suit. Mm. And uh, that was the last time she ever dreamt of him. Mm. Yeah. So I definitely think that things like this happen all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's really cool. It's a special way for your family's members to reach out to you. Yeah. In their own little ways. Well, listen, Christine, I I want to thank you for listening to us uh, <laughs> from episode one three times. And she's she's just uh, another like, I don't know, like she's it's out in Singapore. Baffling to us. Yeah. She's yeah. a Philippine woman in Singapore. Yeah. And she's listening to us right now. That's so wild. Yeah. So. Shout out to you, Christine. We've yes, never Christine. been to Singapore. Yeah. Yeah, um, maybe we'll get to meet you one day. Yeah. Okay, and the next one is... I've got... Okay, so I actually have two or three relatively short ones that were just interesting. One, this one was a DM we got on Instagram, and I went back to try and find the person's name today um, because I had a conversation with them. And I couldn't find the message. So mm. that's why I was like, okay, we need to start getting all emails from now on. Yeah, get more organized. But it wasn't even a story that she was sharing. She literally just messaged saying, weird thing happened to me yesterday. I wanted to share with you. I was driving home, listening to you. Also had my GPS on, so my phone was propped up. Nothing was touching it. All of a sudden, Google chimes in and says, I wish I had arms so I could hug you. Hmm. And then she had some cool smiley faces and she said, oh, that, that was it. She just wanted to share that experience with us. So Google I, sounds like a creep. <laughs> <laughs> but I messaged them back and I was like, oh, no way. Like what episode were you listening to? And it was one of the titillating tales of true terror. I think it was the same one as the one I'm about to talk about below, because this person, this next person. Hmm said um this person is claire and they messaged us just the other day and they said hey guys i recently found your podcast and i love it love the variety of things you cover and i've spent most of my week off work working through the episodes so thank you claire (laughs) can't wait to see what else you bring i just thought i'd share this with you as i was listening to april's titillating tales and perla's story so I'm nearly sure that first person was also listening to April's titillating tales. Mm. I sometimes have strange things happen when I'm asleep. Nothing too scary, but I often feel like someone sits down on the bed. Well, after hearing Perla's story, that night I had a very strange dream about, a, about the woman in the story. Since I've been young, I've been able to change things in my dreams, and at this moment, this horrible woman came in my dream with a gray fog. I started shouting, not today, not today. (laughs) And the lady and the fog disappeared into a little box. This box has been in a few of my dreams since. 
I won't be opening that anytime soon. Keep up the great work. Claire. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. So I asked him about the box because yeah. I was like, as probably a few of our listeners know, I have a little tin that has literally traveled the fucking world with me. And I'm like, when I die, wherever I die, I want to be cremated and put in this tin. So mm-hmm. in my head, I was like, I wonder, does she just have a similar thing? <laughs> Is she a weirdo <laughs> like me? But she said, no, it's not a box that she's ever seen before. Mm. But she's consistently seen it in these dreams. So I told her to keep an eye out for it in real life. And yeah. she said she'll let us know. So hopefully. That's a good idea. Yeah. And Perla's story was the one with the like nasty uh, sleep paralysis that was like shared with her and oh, her dad. Remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. that. Creepy as fuck. I think like to touch back on those stories that you were saying, like how because um, Adam tells me like, oh, I got this message from this listener. As soon as she started, he or she started, or they started telling, listening to our episode, they like weird stuff started happening to them or like some random ass event that they can't debunk. So I was telling Adam that it's probably a phenomena that could be perfectly explained by the saying, if you stare into the void long enough, it'll start staring back at you. And that's just like another way of saying like you know we we're all in the same wavelength like you know like you start attracting those things because you're putting yourself in that mindset not that you're bringing things onto yourself you're just becoming more aware you know what i mean so but then i was also thinking it could also be because you're in this mindset it's Again, you're not bringing these things to yourself, but you're sort of manifesting them, making them happen because you're in that mindset and also because we all have an energy within us that I firmly believe that can make us, like literally manifest, make things happen around us. Yeah, and then I agreed because I was like, anytime I've done like actual spooky shit like because we haven't done anything spooky in well over a year now because like of covid or whatever but anytime i go like stirring shit up i have stuff happen in the house around me or whatever like you know Mm. and i was just saying more or less the same thing it's like some fucking weird residue is left on you like the more you look into it yeah the more you're likely to see it anyway um this last one is another short one, and it's actually from Tess, who was also on April's Titillating Tales. But I didn't realize when, when I had replied to Tess to say, oh, thanks for your email, um, she had replied back again with another shorter story that I didn't realize until afterwards. Mm. So anyway, uh, and Tess had the strange experience in, I want to say Auschwitz or... Oh, yeah, I remember. Or something. Mm-hmm. So, they say, I grew up in a really small town in California, but we had a community college. Anyway, I went, to co- I went to this college right after high school. In a few of my classes was this older guy, maybe 40-ish. We'll call him Jacob. I wasn't super close to this guy, but we were both smokers, so we'd occasionally chat. We were just friendly acquaintances. He was a nice guy, but 
seemed like he had maybe been on drugs at some point. Anyway, he seemed harmless. Fast forward a few years, I'm listening to local radio when I hear a police announcement asking for info on the whereabouts of Jacob in connection with a murder. I was struck dumb. Like I said, it's a small town. There aren't a lot of murders. Later, I find out Jacob had killed his neighbor in a meth-fueled rage. And to dispose of the body, he chopped it up. Whoa. What the actual fuck? Apparently, the cops got wise when another neighbor saw him burning a couch in the middle of the night. That's like the most. That's so random. Not inconspicuous. I get the most conspicuous thing you could ever do. Yeah. When they got to the scene, he was gone and there was blood everywhere. I don't know anything more, but I guess they caught him eventually. But yeah, crazy, right? I gave a murderer cigarettes. If that's not a smoking deterrent, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> well, a meth deterrent, absolutely. Oh, yeah, big time. But it, I thought like that was so funny because uh, obviously we don't condone smoking. but Or murder. Or murder or meth. <laughs> but like from being in like college or just working in different places, you always end up making those like friends that you only talk to when you're in the smoking section or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I thought that was a crazy story anyway. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> and I know like nothing about that is funny. But to me, the guy burning the couch. In the yeah. Of the night, it's like, what happened? Like, yeah. What else could possibly have gone on? Well, I mean, maybe it's just a thing, you know, because remember that Bob's Burgers episode? Those they were trying to get rid of the couch and those kids just picked it up only to burn it. They wanted they just wanted to see a couch burn. So they set it on fire. Okay, yeah, that's actually fair. I probably have burnt a couch before myself, but not in my back garden at 3 a.m. Oh, Being yeah. Being like, oh shit, 3 o'clock. No, yeah. Burn no, the couch. I th- yeah, no, <laughs> definitely a mixture between it's a thing and meth. Yeah, yeah. Maybe <laughs> it's a meth thing. Okay, guys. So like we said, um, we're going to throw out another one of these titillating tales of true terror to finish off the rest of this month's stories in probably a couple of weeks so yeah hopefully you guys enjoyed and have a happy first of may word i don't know yeah probably a tuesday could be a wednesday i don't know yeah i guess the the surprise is the sauce of life the sauce (laughs) the sauce of life everybody just oh it's saturday fantastic day oh well now you ruined it Oh, sorry. No surprise now. Well, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for listening to us multiple times in some cases. Yeah. And uh, yeah, keep sending your stories. If you have a story that you want to submit, please send it to weeklycreep at gmail.com. If you've already submitted a story and you have another one, submit it. Yeah, we want all of your stories. If someone's told you a story and they're not a listener, uh, tell them to listen and give us their story. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you very much. And have a happy Saturday, apparently. Oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) All right, bye. Ah, boo, I work. (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye.